You're listening to Turn Down the Noise, a focus on your finances. I'm your host, Orlando Houston, a financial consultant with Equitable Advisors. Our finances are a part of our lives that typically go overlooked. There's so much noise out there that a lot of times it's hard for us to make a decision. During my podcast, I'm going to help you think about your finances in a way that is going to help you make informed decisions. Making small changes in the way we think about our finances can lead to a big impact on our future. Equitable Advisors and its financial professionals are unaffiliated with Dr. Howard B. Slaughter Jr. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to Turn Down the Noise, a focus on your finances. Today, I have a special guest, uh, Dr. Howard B. Slaughter Jr., and he is going to tell us and enlighten us about debt and how to get and stay out of debt. He wrote a book, which I've read and is very insightful. A lot of my audience out there has questions on debt and how to get out because it's easy to get in, hard to get out. So today, like I said before, got a special guest today and honored to have Dr. Howard B. Slaughter Jr. And he's going to talk about his book, Addicted to Debt, Get Out and Stay Out. So thank you, Dr. Slaughter, for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Orlando. I'm glad to be with you on your show. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So uh, I read over the book. And like I said before, there's a lot of people out there that know it's easy to get in debt, hard to get out. And you've gone into great lengths to give people tips and advice. And the first thing I wanted to ask you is what prompted you to write this book? That's a very good question. I'm glad you started with that because the feeling that I had when I was in debt was not a great feeling. And I remember having to figure out how am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to pay this bill? These are things that we all deal with throughout life. You have a family, you have a home, a rent, a car, transportation, all the things that we work on and deal with. And over the years, it just felt like I couldn't get out of debt. And even though I was paying, working, it just didn't happen. And I began to focus on what it was that prevented me from getting out of debt and what strategies I could employ so that I wouldn't continually stay in debt. Debt is a very, very strong hold on a lot of people. And today, many Americans believe that they will remain in debt. Most people would probably tell you they feel as though they're going to have a car payment for a very long time, a mortgage payment for a very long time. And that doesn't have to be the case. So my wife and I began the process, and I'll tell you how we started. I said, look, why don't we figure out how much money we're spending on non-essential items, let's say it that way. So she took a month and I took a month, and everything that my wife was spending money on, she jotted it down, and I did the same. It was amazing, Orlando, that at the end of the month, when we realized we had enough money that we were spending on ancillary things to pay a bill. You know, when you look at coffee, some candy, things of that nature, and you do that every day, over 30 days, two people, there's some excess cash there that you could use. And so we began to figure out how we could do that. And it became a process that I thought was necessary to continue because 
every payday, and many Americans experience this, at the end of the month, you have more month left than you did pay. And that's not a great feeling. And so that began the journey over a long period of time. God blessed us eventually to get out of debt. And when I realized that it was achievable because we had done it with God's help, of course, and his leading and guidance, and we were able to say, we can save now, it began to change my life. And I wanted to make sure I could provide that information to others to help those individuals who may not think they can achieve that goal know that it is achievable. One of the most important things is to share the good things that we experience so that others can experience them too. Great. Thanks for that. And from your personal experiences, you know, I can tell that you're very passionate about what you're talking about. And I think when you have that personal experience, it gives you an insight that some people may not have from that 30,000 foot view. That's true. And let me just give a couple of principles that I believe are important because we want your listeners to know uh, you can get out of debt, but it's more than just saying you can get out of debt. And I want to share a couple of principles that I think can be very helpful to those who are listening tonight, because these are really pragmatic opportunities to change your trajectory of your life. When you are out of debt, you think differently, you react differently, you make better purchases, you're very cognizant of how you manage your money, because once you're out of debt, take it from me, you ever want to go back, and you do everything you can to make sure that you don't go back in debt. But these are basic principles too, but sometimes very difficult for all of us to do. The first thing that I would suggest, you must live below your means. And what do I mean by that? All too often, if we get a pay raise, Orlando, what do we do? We often move up to the level of the pay raise. So now we have an extra $250 a month because we got a nice pay raise. And so we may get a new car that costs $250 more a month, or we may spend more money but we eat up that difference that we've got as opposed to staying where you are and saving that $250 difference. So it's important to live below your means. So if you make 50,000 a year, you don't wanna live at the $50,000 level because if you do, you don't save any money and it's gonna be harder to get out of debt. So the most important thing I think one can do, whether you get a large pay raise or not, Whatever you make, whatever you earn, live below your means. And if you do that, you're going to see a change. That's one of the key principles that I would, I would suggest. Here's another one that I think is very impactful that a lot of people don't know the differentiation between these two, Orlando. And that is I advocate use charge cards instead of credit cards. Now, I'll just give a quick explanation because some people have asked me when I've spoken before, what's the difference between a charge card and a credit card? A credit card is exactly that. It's the extension of credit over a long period of time. So you take the charge, the credit card and you purchase an item for $600 and you're paying $30 a month over the next five years. A charge card allows you and suggest that you pay that debt off that month. So you have a charge card, you made a $600 purchase, the $600 must be paid within 30 days. 
because there is no extension of credit. You only get 30 days and it must be paid off. What that does is it helps you to determine better the purchases that you make. Because if you know you have to pay it off in the next few weeks, you may not make that $600 purchase that you were thinking about when you realized you could have had a longer period of time to pay. So use charge cards instead of credit cards. That's very important. And here's the big point. You don't pay interest because if you pay the loan off or the charge card off within that 30-day period, there is no interest. Generally, interest calculates after the 30-day period. So typically, if you pay it off 29th day or somewhere around there, you have no interest. And even if it is the 30th day, if there is interest, it will be very minimal as opposed to 16, 17, 21% in credit cards. So it's really important to know the differentiation between the two. American Express has charge cards. There are other companies that have charge cards, but credit cards are not good for Americans to use. That's another one. Uh, I'll give you another example of something that's even bigger that can save you a lot more money. If you can, I suggest taking out a 15-year mortgage if you're about to purchase a house as opposed to a 30-year mortgage. Yes, the payment will be a little higher on a 15-year mortgage, but the amount you will save by doing a 15-year or even a 20-year mortgage versus a 30-year mortgage is substantial. So if somebody's looking for a home and you can take out a 15-year or 20-year mortgage, that's obviously much better than having the debt over 30 years, which you're going to pay a lot more interest. So that's another key thing. And that saves a lot of, lot of money. And then I'll give you one other principle that I think is important for your listeners to hear. And we all, I'll give you two other ones. But here's one that many people grapple with all the time, and that is student loan debt. Many people are going to school. We know student loan debt is, is something that is almost out of control these days. But what people don't realize is when you borrow student loan money, particularly with the federal government, you can never walk away from that debt. You can never walk away from that debt. You cannot bankrupt yourself out of federal student loan debt. You're always going to have it until you pay it off. So be very careful about borrowing student loan money, particularly federal student loan money. There is no forgiveness for that. And so a lot of people have found out that after graduating from college, they have this massive amount of debt and they try to refinance it. They look at doing other things, but they can't get rid of it. And that's why today the student loan debt crisis is absolutely out of control. So manage that by looking at other ways to go to college. And if you do have to borrow, try not to borrow federally because you won't be able to get that forgiven if you have a challenge on that. And one thing that I would say, this is just a personal perspective, but it's just a challenge. Try not to gamble. Gambling causes an excessive amount of debt for a lot of people. And I understand people want to take a chance on winning money, but by and large, the average person, and when I say gamble, whether you go to a casino, or whether you play the lottery or any of those kinds of things, just know that the average person loses money over time as opposed to 
winning money over time. So if the percentage of opportunity for you is to lose money, then it's a losing proposition, generally speaking. And so you want to take your money and put it in something that will give you a return as opposed to taking your money from you. So those are just a couple of principles that will help you stay out of debt or at least be smart about the debt if you have to borrow that you borrow, but also to help you figure out how not to be addicted to debt. Yeah, thanks for those principles. I know a lot of my listeners are looking for some principles and principles are what I like to call landmarks that you stick by whenever you're going through life. And I can tell you that from personal experience, student loan debt is something that, you know, I struggled with. And I think that there should have been a class when you're going to college to teach you about what type of student loans to take out and maybe some alternatives to that because it's a money grab. And when you're a freshman or senior or whatever you are, you're looking to pay that debt off. And, you know, just to have that nugget that you provided us with there would have saved myself a lot of money, let alone a lot of other people. And, mm-hmm. you know, college, you and I both know college costs increase every single year. And it seems like it's going higher and higher and higher every year. So that's definitely a good piece of advice. Sure, sure. I'm really happy that you know the benefits of that. And I'm sure many of your listeners do. There is another issue that I want to just mention that is important because I think home ownership is a key to wealth accumulation. And when we look at the home ownership rates today, there are varying percentages for one group versus another group. What I want to just simply say is if you are looking to spend money and you want to purchase something, at least purchase an appreciating asset, meaning an asset that's going to increase in value. Homes do that by and large. They increase in value. They're a safe uh, investment, if you will, plus it provides you a place to stay. So there are some people that argue that, you know, you shouldn't have any debt. I'm not going to say that. I just say don't be addicted to debt. But I would simply suggest that those who are out there that are interested, if you haven't made a purchase of a home, that's a good purchase to make. Cars are depreciating assets. Now, in in the Pittsburgh market, uh, we don't have the T like some states do or the L or all of those big transportation opportunities that don't require a car. So a lot of people in this market do drive. But think about what you're going to purchase so that the preponderance of your money isn't in a non-appreciating asset. That's really important as well. Let me just tell you this, too. This is something that's important because I've talked about credit cards. The average credit card interest rate is about 19.5%. Adults with credit card debt averages about $5,800. Credit cards that usually have a balance somewhere around $7,500. So on average, credit cards with a balance is about $7,500. Households with credit card debt averages $9,100. So the point I'm making here is as you look at the credit card debt and what we have, those numbers are staggering, particularly if you aren't aware of how quickly those credit cards can increase in debt. So it's certainly important to make sure you manage all of that credit card debt. Uh, The other point that I'd like to make is 
When we focus on getting out of debt, the likelihood of you getting out is much greater than not focusing on getting out of debt. Today, there are many families that have not made good choices with regards to their debt purchases. And it's important to understand why you need to do that. Now, let's talk a little bit about Orlando. FICO scores are credit scores because FICO and credit scores have been used to help determine if somebody should be qualifiable for a loan. But the models on the FICO and credit scoring is all based on debt. You have to have debt and you have to pay it off in a reasonable amount of time to increase your credit score. And that's a model that Fear Isaacs created. And it's a model that I believe when it first started, it was around helping lenders determine if you were credit worthy. But today, credit scoring slash FICO scoring is used in many different venues. If you want to rent a home, they're going to pull your FICO score or credit score. If you want to purchase a vehicle or uh, if you want to do almost anything today that evolves around money, they're going to do that. So it's important to understand how to manage your debt and to the extent possible not stay in debt because it does help increase your FICO slash and credit scores. And when you have a lower credit score, if you are able to borrow, you are going to borrow at a higher interest rate in many cases, if you're even able to borrow. So there are consequences for not managing the debt that we have and getting addicted to the point where we don't know where we are with our debt purchases, et cetera. And that's something that's very important. Today, people have to figure out how to balance their checkbooks, how to manage their money, and how not to get addicted to debt. Today, people go to the malls and shop. There are people who have brand new items in their closet they've never even worn, and they've charged it. Or you asked them uh, three months ago, well, what was that debt for on your credit card? They don't remember. It's a big problem in America today, and it's not germane just to one segment of the population either. Debt is across the board, whether you have low income, middle income, high income, Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, et cetera. Debt has a hold on people, and we have to figure out how to break that hold. That's why I wanted to emphasize not being addicted to debt. Once you can figure out how not to be addicted, you can manage it. If debt was looked at similar to alcohol or things like that, we would call it an epidemic. But because it's not looked at it as a drug, and I understand that we don't look at it that way. But in reality, getting out of control with your money has serious consequences, Orlando. Yeah, I, I hear you and I, I definitely agree. And I always call debt a thief and the interest is a penalty uh, because <laughs> yeah. it steals your money. And you have to pay more uh, a lot of times unless you have that 0% interest rate back to that credit card company. And the interest rates are high. And a lot of times people don't flip that paper over that says, hey, your interest, your APR is 19, 20%. You just get addicted to these credit cards and you start to ratchet it up and it does become an addiction. And before you know it, you have debt more than you have money in the bank and you find yourself in this hole. And it's kind of like a vicious cycle, so to speak, that you can find yourself in. 
And it's easy to get into that situation. A lot of people think, well, I can manage it. I can handle it. Not going to be a problem for me. But they get to the point where they realize that after it's too late that they're in that kind of hole that they don't want to be in. One of the things that we don't often think about, and this is something that's very subtle, Orlando, to your listeners, it's marketing and advertising. Today, if we look at the ads on TV, on the radio, if you think about it, there are multiple ads about borrowing money, about getting the car, about getting food, about getting clothes. We're bombarded with these kinds of marketing ads. So I want your listeners to just think about the fact that maybe tomorrow when they listen to this, just take note in one day how many ads you see or hear that focus on money. And so I understand why a lot of people are addicted to that. We hear about it all the time. We're told about it. Call this number. You can get your money right away. You can get it today. Uh, we'll deposit it into your account. You know, we can, we don't have to go to the bank. There are a lot of ways to get money to people. And so I just want your listeners to understand that these are all ads designed to take your money and to take your money and to put you in debt. And you have to be very smart about how you even manage that process because when you are bombarded with these things every day, it isn't always easy just to walk away because you're hearing it all the time. It's subliminal in some cases, and in some cases, it's very overt. Challenge is understanding that you don't need to go out and buy that new suit tomorrow because it just came out, or you don't need to go out and purchase the latest vehicle when your vehicle is pretty much okay. And these are the purchases that we make that really put us in the jam. And at some point, if we don't figure out how to stop the debt ball from rolling, we are going to be crushed because there are a lot of people, unfortunately, that have had to file bankruptcy. And that's not a joke. It's not pleasant. And you don't ever want to be in that situation if you don't have to. And it's very difficult to come out of that without having had some other challenges that you have to face. So you are helping your listeners understand the importance of this issue. And I got to tell you, Orlando, if more Americans understood the benefits of not being addicted to debt, we would see an entirely different economy, an entirely different structure. But because Americans are so geared towards buying and spending, retailers will come out with whatever they think they need to come out with in order to get Americans to purchase those those items. And uh, it hasn't stopped. And that's why you see the rushes during the holiday season sometimes. It's not just about the better pricing, but thousands of people at four o'clock in the morning are standing at a particular store wanting to get in to spend all that money. And um, it's okay if you have it, but in many cases, even if you have it, you've got to think about the rainy day. You've got to think about 10 years from now, 15 years from now. There's the likelihood that in 15, 20 years, there won't be social security. Uh, Those kinds of things that many Americans have benefited from. So I just simply say that 
um, if you are in debt, get out of debt and then stay out of debt. We know people who have gotten out of debt but then went right back into debt. That's not good either. And Orlando and your listeners, it is achievable. It can be done. That's the key. And I highlight some of that in the book. I even share my own credit report because I wanted people to see that it is achievable. It is possible. You can do it. But I also, as you know, Orlando, you've read the book. I listed many of the bills I had at one time. I actually put my budget in here from the 1990s. And as I look at it, I probably had on a monthly basis, as I add this up, I had almost 21 monthly bills, 21 monthly bills that I had to pay, a car payment, a home equity loan, the mortgage payment itself, a bank signature loan, a credit card, another credit card, a department store card, and the list goes on. And I put that in here because it was helpful for me to know that the Lord blessed me to get out of this situation. But I wanted people to see, yes, I had 20 plus bills and that didn't include the, you know, all the cable and, and all those things. So probably close to 25 monthly bills that I had to pay. It took a while just to write the bills out every month or end up because there were so many. Yeah. You know, I, I think you putting your own personal bills, your own personal credit score, everything inside the book really is helpful for your readers to know that you're not just talking from third party, you're talking from your personal point of view. And a lot of it goes back to one of your principles, living below your means, you know, just knowing what you're spending and not spending frivolously and don't get caught in this instant gratification and the appreciation of certain assets and appreciation of others which I call guns and butter, you know, the difference between the guns and uh, what's the butter. So I think it's uh, very timely. And especially in this epidemic that we are currently in is uh, allowing a lot of people to focus a little more on what's important and listening to individuals like yourself and reading your book is going to be very helpful. And coming out of this, you know, hopefully people will adjust the way they think if they haven't already about debt and the addiction thereof. Yeah, the whole idea of the book really was to help people to know and understand, as I said earlier, it is achievable. Once people realize it is possible, it is achievable, there will be, in my opinion, a greater opportunity for more people to become debt-free and then stay debt-free. And that's why I wrote the book, and I'm really happy to have spent some time with you and uh, your listeners, there's a lot more I could say about this topic because it's so impactful and so powerful. And I tell some of the people that I work with or talk to, whether you make a million dollars or $10,000, you can live debt free. And, And it's not about how much you make, it's about what you do with what you make. And that's critically important. And so not having debt, can make you feel a lot better. You know, coming home, uh, knowing that, okay, I've got to pay this bill. I've got to call this creditor. We've got this thing we have to focus on. Oh yeah. And then there's a problem with the roof that just happened, right? Or or the tire blew out on the car. All of these things, they have ripple effects. And in many cases, we can't control that. 
you know, your your car can have a problem with the transmission. And if you don't have the warranty, that could be a significant amount of money. Or it could just be something as simple as uh, a tire that blew out. Now you've got to spend, you know, $150 on the tire or whatever it is. And things will happen. So we have to prepare for that as well. Don't go through life thinking that, oh, this won't happen. Things are going to happen. You have to be prepared. But if you understand the principles and the process, you can make it and not be in debt most of your life. And it's sad that people live 70, 80 years and throughout that time or the majority of that time, they have been, they have always been in debt. We don't have to live like that. And I don't think that's good for any of us. And I assure you, once you get out of debt, you'll never want to go back. Good, good. Well, I appreciate you spending some time with us and talking about the addiction to debt and how to get out and stay out of debt, Dr. Slaughter. And you definitely helped my audience today turn down the noise and uh, focus on their finances because there's sure a lot of noise out of there and folks like yourself uh, that know about this, like the back of their hand, uh, has definitely enlightened uh, a lot of people and will continue to enlighten a lot of people. And I look forward to having you on my show um, at another time. And if somebody wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Sure. My email is D is in David, R is in Robert, H-B-S-J-R, Howard B. Slaughter Jr., H-B-S-J-R, at gmail.com. D-R-H-B-S-J-R at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So you're they listening can to- book on Amazon too, if they want. It's on there you Amazon. go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I'm sure everybody uh, has the, uh, most people have the internet. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, they can uh, go on there, find it on there as well. So I appreciate your time uh, being a host, being a guest, I should say, on Turn Down the Noise of Focus on Your Finances. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Orlando. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on. Thank you. Equitable Advisors and its financial professionals are unaffiliated with Dr. Howard B. Slaughter Jr. Orlando Houston offers securities through Equitable Advisors, LLC, New York, New York, 212-314-4600. Member FINRA, SIPC, Equitable Financial Advisors in Michigan and Tennessee. Annuity and insurance products offered through Equitable Network, LLC. This podcast is provided for educational purposes only and not an endorsement or recommendation of any product or service.